I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to our 2019 Round 31 episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider. This episode is brought to you by the 7th Street Hotel. Western locations now accepting reservations. Uh, no, 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 no. Actually, uh, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy mls i'm your host reed Connolly from mlsfantasyboss.com and tonight i'm joined by my partners in fantasy i like that uh, michael denton and blaine riffle uh, we'd also like to welcome right now who will be joining us shortly our very special patreon guest jason morris uh, and uh, he's he's working on some uh some technical issues but he'll be with us soon we hope but how are you all doing tonight doing well excellent glad to have you back glad uh blaine for you to be joining us again with as promised that awesome boba fett uh setup that you have and uh it looks sweet it looks really sweet push to talk like so blaine has been <laughs> stricken by the push to talk bug for this final episode, we are going to attribute it to his move to his new house. So uh, while we're waiting for Blaine to get that, just feel free to, to say something whenever you can get you that. Can you hear so me that, now? Yes, we yeah. can. Okay, so this is really stupid and weird. Um, when I mute a tab on my browser, which I did with YouTube, it mutes my microphone. Hmm. I don't that, have push to talk. I've been doing voice activated all night. But when I mute a tab, it mutes my microphone. That's that sounds like an excuse to me. That sounds like that is excuses. No push to talk. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, thank you. I'm I'm a little tired tonight because you can see I am in my new place finally, and slowly getting everything unpacked. I mean the games kind of got unpacked early, but I wanted to have my wall behind me so. Well, we are glad you're here. We are glad that you're here, Mike. And, of course, we are glad that everyone who is joining us for the live chat is with us. And all of you who are still with us listening on the podcast are still here. This is the final round of the season. However, I'm going to point out right now, this is not our final podcast. Uh, those of you who have been with us for the past several years. I can't believe it's it's several years already. It doesn't feel like it's that long. Uh, this is the final round for us providing picks, as Mike said uh, earlier in, in the pre-show warm-up, uh, the final picks episode. But after this, we will have one more podcast where we usually interview Ben Bear or someone from MLS and just ask them about uh, reflect on this previous season and any sort of tidbits that they may be able to provide for us for the next year. So uh, haven't talked to Ben yet, but he's usually been great to to work that work that out with us. It might not be on Monday. 
but just expect a podcast sometime next week uh, for for that wrap up with Ben Bear. That part may be pre-recorded with Ben just to make sure we work with his schedule as things are definitely getting busy for him. But we will be here. We'll be talking about 2019, talking about 2020, and we'll be taking any questions or suggestions or feedback or frustrations that you all may have. Collect those on Twitter and collect those over at Reddit. So one more episode with us. But right now, we are here to talk about fantasy, round 30, and round 31. Let's start with a recap. How did your teams do, fellas? Blaine. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm blaming the move. I missed uh, all the Wednesday lineups because I was trying to get stuff into this house. So I've got two ones and a two in my lineup, but I still got 128 for the round. Um, a lot of my players did hit. Um, I had some cheaper options on the bench. I had Ibieha for nine, which I'll take at that price point. Uh, he came in. Hinman did not come in for Atlanta because I got caught with a last-minute sub by L.A. to give me one of those ones on a guy I thought was going to start game one and didn't start either one. So, yeah, um, a 128, and that was with captaining Vela. I didn't go with Laton, which I probably should have, but... Um, I'll take it all with everything that was going on in my life. I'm just inside the top 500 at this point. Mike, what about you? Uh, I did really well. I got 158, which was good for week rank 140. Um, <clears throat> only missteps I made, I captained Vela 2 instead of Zlatan. Um, I brought in Toya because whoever I'd wanted for RSL wasn't available, and I had to move around, and he only got four points. Um, I feel like I missed out on some points. Um, but other than that, um, I avoided the Portland trap. I didn't have Brian Fernandez or Diego Valeri. Uh, and so I think that helped me out. And I was able to have a really strong midfield with Pavone, Gregus, and Atuesta. Um, and even Montero and Rusnak didn't do too bad with eight and seven. So not too bad. Um, you know, a few things, especially if uh, San Jose hadn't blown that clean sheet at the end, uh, I'd have gotten more out of Vega. But. Uh, not going to complain too much. So for myself, I got 159 points, so I was uh, very pleased with that result. Uh, it was a little bit shaky for me after the first half of the double game week. Uh, I was behind in my, my head-to-head league, and some of the players weren't putting up the numbers I wanted them to. Uh, but that second half really turned it around for me. I went with a team without Vela, and I know that was a big question that we had last week, and uh, he did get some points, so so good for him, but I made some changes, and I had Bo on my bench. He came on mm -hmm. with 20 points. I had Chibilko as well, and he had eight, which is very solid, and I had Captain Zlatan, which I think a lot of us said who got the good scores, 52 points right there. I also had uh, Tuoloma on my bench from Portland, who came in with 10, so very solid right there. Uh, Steres was my other option who stayed on the bench with his big old three points. Uh, however, I did not avoid getting a three-point defender because I did have Herrera on there for Real Salt Lake. Um, midfield, I stuck with Morales when I saw him playing, got 14 points from him. I went with Rusnak. That was sort of a last-minute change, and I didn't... I almost didn't because he hadn't really been producing like I wanted, but I, I went with him, took a sh excuse me, took a shot, seven points, nothing there. But I did have Erickson, did have Pavone. Those guys got 30 points for me together. And then I had Manone on my bench. When I saw that he had five points after his first game, even though he didn't have a clean sheet, I went ahead and swapped out my, my field keeper. 
um, who I think was Vega at the time, for for a scrub because I thought, you know what, five points from a double game week keeper, not too bad from that first game without a clean sheet. If he gets four or five in the next game, that'll be fantastic. And it was nine points. Very happy. 159 overall. I am in the top 200, and I, I don't think I'm going to crack the top 100, which is a super bummer because that's my goal every season is to get into the top 100. But I did have a few rounds of just some some missteps and some just some poor production that I that I really uh, did not expect. So, uh, but I'm sitting at at 148 overall right now, number three in the FC Cincinnati League. Skyler's number two. Why I oughta. Uh, 25 points, 24 points behind Skyler, so not too bad right there if you're looking at how your points compare to... Uh, I have 1,800, he has 1,824. If you're looking at how your points compare to some of those of us who spend far too much time with this game, or, or not enough, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, moving to the head-to-head, -head, I mentioned that. So uh, the host head-to-head -head league was in its semifinal round. Sherry versus Matt Pollard. Sherry ends up victorious, continues her legendary run for, for the Patreon representation in the hosts. Head-to-head -head league, 140-133, to 133, takes down Matt Pollard, secures her spot in the final and with home field advantage for whatever that adds to in fantasy. She has it. <laughs> uh, myself, it was a, a classic MLS Fantasy Insider Derby with uh, me versus Jason Wiskovich over at RSL. And like his boys, he also fell 159 to 145. Sets up a final match between Sherry and myself for all the marbles in uh, the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head -head league. So it's going to be... A very fun game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Sherry was on the show with us a few weeks ago, and she's been doing fantastic this season. So, um, Sherry, I uh, I am totally ready to lose to you, and I look forward to it, and good luck to you because it's going to be awesome. Uh, moving over to the Patreon head-to-head -head league. Now, this, this one is not in a playoff structure, but there's still some awesome stuff that could happen. So, this is this is really fun too. Uh, Skiles is leading the league with a record of 12-1 and 1 now. He was dealt his first loss by Marshall when his team Go Diego Go 145 to 130. So that loss was key because now Seagraves is right behind him with a record of 11-1 and 2. He missed his chance to move up to first place last week uh, with that mm -hmm. loss and do you know who beat him? Our very own Mike that Tiger. Right here, Mike beat Seagraves to secure that spot for one more round, 158 to 129. So what's awesome here is the Patreon head-to-head -head league is coming down to this final game because if Seagraves gets a win and Skiles loses, they're both going to be 12-1-2, but Seagraves has more points right now, and that should bump him up to the first-place spot. But wait a minute. Who does Skiles have to beat to secure his win? Well, he's going head to head with Blaine this week, so oh. so it's gonna be an awesome match. Seagraves is going up against WTFC, which is by uh, I think Mr. Frumble's team, who one of the helpful moderators over at R slash Fantasy MLS. So it's it's gonna be an awesome final round with uh, with the host league right there or the the Patreon league right there. So. 
Uh, we're going to get onto our review in just a second. Let me check real quick to see if we have an update for uh, for Jason joining us. Looks like he's still working on some of his Wi-Fi issues. So we're going to move on to our round 30 review. For those of you who are in chat, we've got some talk right now about uh, FIFA 20. Uh, Jojo has been playing that, and uh, he's, he's sharing some of his experiences there. But uh, get ready, chat, to share how your team's in, because I want to know, and we'll be talking about that in just a second. So actually, go ahead. Post how your teams did. I already saw Jojo got 139. That's, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, go ahead and put your team scores in chat while we start talking about our surprising moments and fantasy takeaways. So let's kick this off. Um, I'm going to go with the big one. Just get it out of the way because I know we all would say it. But Vancouver beating LA Galaxy, the biggest surprise of the round, yes or no? Um, It, it doesn't totally shock me just because LA sometimes off against his lower teams, Um, which shocked me was Vancouver putting up like, I didn't know they were, that was legal. Seven points total in that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what? You know, that that's what really shocked me was a 4-3 score in favor of him. Um, L.A. kind of being dud because they clinched, and I don't think that they care. That doesn't surprise me. You know, we all know this lot of times really, really good when the lights are on and really, really bad when they're not, um, you know. If he feels like showing up that day, he'll get a great score. And he still got a good score. He scored um, it was a good goal and an assist in this one too. Um, I think because I think that's what he did in both games. But um, yeah, I mean that's just what the Galaxy are. Th them and TFC are really temperamental. It's like they can win for nothing one week and then choke the next. Uh, Blame will let you keep going with any more surprises that you have. Yeah, I was a little surprised with the Montreal-Atlanta draw. I mean, 1-1 one, one there. I know it's Atlanta without Joseph, but you would expect a little bit more offensive production against a team that's been struggling this year. It's fair. Um, just uh, it, Montreal being able to score against Atlanta doesn't surprise me so much. It's just the game was a lot closer and a lot lower scoring than I would have expected for this. I, just, I would expect Atlanta to get a couple more goals out of that one and really – fight for the eastern top spot in the eastern conference but they gave that one up with with the loss there i mean they would have still been in it otherwise or the draw there knocked them out of it so yeah i'll, I'll throw out a few more surprises i think new york city stomping atlanta 4-1 uh, with a matrice hat trick i don't think any of us were seeing that oh coming. gosh no um you know I was like, "What? What is going on? <laughs> this is good. I don't. I don't know how to handle good things happening." Uh, Valeri being benched for one of these games, like, what? Like, do do they not want to make the playoffs? I don't know what on earth Gio is doing. Are they, if they're just mad at him because he won't sign their terrible contract offers that they're giving him, or what? Um, I mean, maybe you could kind of loop in all of the choking around the seventh seed in the West. Um, I mean, San Jose, you know, blowing a two to nothing lead to lose uh, two to one. <laughs> uh, then blowing, you know, Erickson back passing to Jordan Morris to blow that game. Um, you know, either getting a point from either one of those would be huge. Um, you know, Portland. 
Portland blowing it late against New England. Uh, was it was it two goals in the last ten minutes for the Revs, including that late late PK? Um, I mean, just a lot of weird stuff happening all across the league. Yeah, this is like vintage because MLS. We also had Ladero, one that uh, that didn't see time in yeah, well, in got, both of these double game weeks. Um, uh, but no, it's a surprise, though. A surprise that, well, I guess, though that's fair, not really a surprise. But we heard uh, Valeri and Ladero both mentioned last week as well as players who didn't feature. So uh, to see it happen twice in a row, it's it's still just very unexpected. Uh, for Valeri, I mean, you mentioned that, Mike. Do, do you think they're just resting him for this round 30? Like putting all of their their eggs in this one basket that he'll be able to get it done for them in the final game of the regular season? I mean, that doesn't make sense. I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, unless he's, like, got an injury, it doesn't make sense. I mean, they're very lucky that they're still in control of their playoff destiny. They shouldn't. I mean, that – I I don't – so, I mean, if unless there's some reason other than Valeri desperately needed rest, they're idiots. Yeah. Is there anything to like there there's been a slump there to maybe well let's let him let's put him out once, see if that lights a fire or go. Uh, like I'm just I'm just throwing out ideas here because I don't know either. I mean I feel the same way you all do. Like you guys gotta go all out for this. You you've gotta secure your spot and that's just what you have to do. But see the the slump isn't Valeria. It's been Fernandez. It's you know, it's been Fernandez not contributing, and they've had to get everything from Ibovsi. So, I mean, the problem hasn't been with Valeri. I mean, even fantasy-wise, I mean, his stats are down, but he's still, you know, putting up 5, 6, you know, and even 10 and 12, not that, you know, in match weeks 25 and 26. It's it's not like he's just terrible. It's It's been everything else. It's been the defense hasn't been... Um, nearly as shut down as they once were. I mean, in the beginning of the season, we were talking to them as you know, great clean sheet opportunities. Um, since then, we basically been like, well, throw in Taloma because he's super cheap and they have a home game. Maybe something happens. Um, their defense hasn't been nearly as good. Um, Fer- Fernandez coming in so strong uh, has just gone on a super rut. That's been mm-hmm. it hasn't been anything to do with Valeri and you know, even with all the stuff about his contract stuff. I mean, he's been the ultimate pro. He's not slacking off from what I can see because I watched mm-hmm. a lot of the Portland Revs match because I was interested uh, to, to see if the Revs were going to clinch the end of the East. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, unless he was just like, I'm feeling something, I need to take a break, I, I, I don't know why else they would sit in for that, that game. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a conundrum. Go, go ahead. I mean, if you... If they win against New England, like I could see going full bore into that one, and they played a pretty good lineup for that one. Mm-hmm. If you win against New England, you can rest him in the sporting game without without a real issue. They've got those extra two points on there. They're, they've clinched a spot at that point with the way the weekend went. But when you don't win that game and you're still in the dogfight, you have to go in and beat sporting at that point. Like they needed the extra two points somewhere this week might have been better to rest him midweek and play him in sporting and just go ahead and lock up those three points with a little bit stronger lineup because I think they rested Valeri and Abobasi for that game. Abobasi came in off the bench, yeah. Um, which that doesn't make sense. I mean, 
Sporting, yes, they've been giving up late leads, and that's when they brought Abobasi in, but they haven't been playing bad the, this last month. It's just they've been blowing it late. So why bring in Fernandez at that point? Like you've got to get you've got to get those three points somewhere, and they got two points on a double game week, and it just management doesn't make sense on this one. That really their two best attacking players have been benched. And and to be fair, maybe their plans got skewed because of the red cards. Um, I, I know that played because um, I think they did they have two each. I know them. They had a red card and Sporting. Or Sporting get two, and they only had one. Yeah, it was one and two, but it was Fernandez who got the red card. So, so I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I just, don't know if maybe that screwed up their substitution plans or or what. But, I mean, you would have think like at that point when you were losing because they were losing to Sporting for the longest time until Bobasi drew it back late. It was after yeah, like minute before or something. Yeah. Um, you got to put Valerio. I mean, cause he was, he was, I mean, I just double checked. He was in the, in the 18. I, yeah. you know, you need yeah. goals. Diego Valerio is one of the best attacking midfielders in MLS and, history. And, bo- <laughs> and history wise, I mean, this season, a on for Fernandez in about the 60th minute is somewhat normal for this team. Yeah. If you're playing down a man, that can change your rotation, but you're playing you're playing ten on ten, so that's a little different. You can afford to go ahead and make that sub and go to a one man top with your two banks of four or whatever they do. So it just it, yeah. I just I don't understand why Severese is not going after the wins here, and why he or why he's just rotating the, these guys because it's just yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, definitely confusing. Uh, I'll add one more on here before we move on to to what we learned, our takeaway. And uh, I'm going to say I was a little surprised that uh, Philadelphia didn't do more against Columbus in that second game. Even though it was on the road, uh, I still thought that, that there'd be a little bit more uh, production from Philly. If some of the struggles Columbus has had, they're, they're eliminated from the picture now. Philly's secured it. So a uh, little bit of surprise for me, but I still got that goal out of Shabilko, so it was all okay. Uh, and then finally, congrats to Montreal. Have to say that. I know we've got at least one Montreal fan that frequents our chat. So uh, congrats to Montreal on uh, on securing that win as well during during the their double game week that they had as well so congrats uh fantasy takeaways i'm going to start again with this one since we mentioned it a little bit earlier could vancouver players be profitable differentials or value players for round 31 uh i don't know there was they put up some numbers against la if if they're going up against real salt lake this week uh if if they're going to bring it for the whole season, at least just to just to get that experience in, I don't know that that could be something you take a look at if you're if you're trying to find some sneaky options. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I mean RSL's got a chance to go up to as high as third, maybe second. I'm doing the numbers really quick. Yeah. If Minnesota and Seattle both take losses and RSL wins, so that's going to be a tough game. I was just trying to see if RSL was going to be able to slack off a little bit. They've got that fifth seed locked up for sure. 
Um, but no, this could be a good one. RSL is probably going to push for this, especially knowing what results can happen because they can get themselves as high as second place with a win. Um, yeah, I think that could stretch this team out a little bit. And I've, I haven't brought a lot of the Vancouver guys into my lineup, but I have kept them on my radar most of this season just because when they get one of those really good matchups, they have been fairly profitable, fairly or cheaply priced. I mean, Rain has gone off for us a couple of times, and I know we've all had him at different points. Uh, yeah, I do think there are there is some merit in this, especially if you're trying to fill out a uh, fifth midfielder for an auto ruse type position. Um, Imbom or Reyna are both at that price point where you could throw them in to an auto roof spot and the new guy um Chirinos or whatever um 6.6 right now and he's had moments of brilliance already this season um just a lot of potential production here and i think rsl could get opened up a little bit this week so i am not interested in vancouver players unless the lineup shows us something that we don't have. um to me it's LA Galaxy's defense. Um, they're just particularly porous, and we just saw a really bad example of that this past week. Um, you know, most LA Galaxy games are going to be shootouts. So I, I don't think this really changes anything as far as Vancouver. Uh, I, I think RSL does have something to play for. So unless all of a sudden we see RSL be like, we don't really have that great of a shot at a home game, we're not going to risk players on turf, um, which isn't outside the scope of possibilities um i'm not going to be picking up vancouver yeah i'll go ahead and say they're they're not in my team uh, at least this draft of my team but when you see that kind of result against la galaxy who have struggled some on defense this year just sort of gets the old wheels a turn and thinking maybe a differential bench switcheroo option i don't know we'll see uh just just something to pull away from that final round uh the lesson was some of the teams who are still playing hard and vancouver seems to be one of those teams uh, that's what about the fancy takeaways do you all have mike um probably the other fantasy takeaway is new um new york city has wrapped everything up i think they're one of the few teams you know outside of those who were out of the playoffs with absolutely nothing to play for um, in the last season or the last week of the season uh, I don't know how much that'll mean um, we may see some players um, you know benched for injury concerns I'm kind of nervous about Morales on that point uh, but we may see some players come back uh, you know players like James Sands um, who's working back from an injury and Domain may take this as an opportunity to kind of get him some reps so um, that'll be an interesting team as far as lineups go kind of looking at everything else um, I think kind of the main, it's not really a takeaway, but more of a question is most people, most teams have technically have something to play for as far as seating, as far as possibly getting a home game uh, in that first round of the playoffs. The only question is how much do they care about it or if they need to bench some players for some rest. That's kind of the only question, but, you know, decision day, we'll see all of the lineups all at the same time. So it's not that big of an issue, but it's kind of something to Keep in mind when you're trying to formulate the plans and think of the different permutations and see uh, in this next week. So Ryan said that uh, our conversation about Vancouver, that's why he does not discount teams just because they are out of the playoffs. Is that an important lesson to learn, or is there 
any because that's that's I think where we go a lot is we're like, well, these teams are out of the playoffs, so maybe they <clears> might not. These teams still have something to play for. I know that's a big element to a lot of the questions this week is who has something to play for. But just because you don't, I guess commonly we think, oh, they, these teams are more likely to play their kids. But that doesn't mean that some of these big-name players aren't going to play. No, teams love playing spoiler for everybody else. If they can <laughs> knock somebody out of the playoffs, they're going to. It's great. Um Speaking of that, teams having something to play for or not having something to play for, I would just run in the numbers here really quick. Um, Columbus is unbeaten in five, and they've only taken one loss in their last 12. So I know they've kind of been one of those teams that people have counted as a pushover, and they have been giving up goals in all of those games. But their last game um, against Toronto ended as a 2-2 draw. I mean, they've, they've been giving up a few goals, but this is one to keep an eye on if you're expecting uh, Toronto who, to come in and try to boss that game at home. Um, Columbus has been playing well. Um, just one loss in 12, even though they've been well outside the playoff picture and they're eliminated at this point. Um, still um, a lot of fight in that team, and they seem to be getting a little bit stronger every week. Um Zardes is still Zardes and does what he does, but the new guy Diaz on the wing has been really changing the way that team plays a little bit, and it's been helping them out offensively going forward. So um, don't count them out. They're one of those teams that maybe you're not grabbing players, but it may make you think twice about taking Toronto players against them. Hey, it looks like we've got Jason with us. Can you hear Jason? Uh, we'll see. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah, we, so we can hear we you just yeah. there. We'll see. We'll see if the connection keeps going. But so, Jason, we're just talking about uh, the lessons that we've learned from round thirty and our fantasy takeaway. So, if you have anything you'd like to add in, uh, I still I see some of the weird things with the camera. So, if you have to turn off your camera, please feel I'm free not to do sure that. What the problem is, is I may just have to give up on this and try again some other time. Well, hey, I could hear you just fine. Then if you want to leave your camera off, that's fine. We do the same thing with Sherry, so uh, we can we can roll that way. Did we lose him again? I think we lost him. We shall see. Are you with us, Jason? If if not, we will invite you back for... Oh, oh you're back with us. Do you want to keep with us, Jason, or do you want to try to come back maybe next week for our final recap? I think he's frozen. <laughs> this is fun. This is, for those of you listening to the podcast right now, this is what you're missing out on by not being able to join us in the live chat sessions here on YouTube. It's, it's, it's fun. Now, I don't know, the, everyone in live chat right now, maybe you disagree with me that these little hiccups that we well, get are fun. Everyone in live but, chat has talked about something we haven't talked about which is holy smokes it's the last week of the season and the colorado rapids have yeah. not been eliminated and have a better than reasonable chance at making the playoffs that's insane hats off to robin fraser and connor casey and um you know their, their trade for jonathan lewis which I, I think was a great move for for the team mm -hmm. and for the player i mean that, that's a team that, that's they, they've had talent I mean, no one's going to mistake them from an MLS Cup contender, but uh, it's it's really good to kind of see them turn. 
I think we all we were talking before uh, the recording started. We're like, we really want Colorado to make it. How can we get them in San Jose in it? I don't think apparent. Apparently, you can't do it because I think Colorado needs Portland to make it, and I think we all want Portland to not make it. Sorry, any Timbers fans, if you're offended, yeah. your team is awful to watch. So, <laughs> and, and you're lowballing Diego Valeri, so you deserve to watch Diego Valeri become a C- Seattle Sounder. Yeah, no, that would definitely be my preference if if Colorado and San Jose could uh, could both make it. But uh, yeah, no, it's not in not in the cards. Um, yeah, no, that's that's great uh, to take away from there. Anything you want to add, Blaine, about takeaways? Uh, nope. All right. Well, uh, anything else from chat, you guys? We've been we've been talking about what we've taken away. Uh, I've seen conversations here. Of course, we had Colorado that was mentioned. Uh, we've got some mentions about Columbus as well that Blaine pointed out. Uh, anything else, everyone in live chat right now, that you'd like to add as either a fantasy takeaway that you got from round 30? Because believe it or not, everyone listening, there's still things you can learn from this game even right before the end of the season. I mean, there's we've seen the importance of value building up through almost the end of the season as well. So surprises or important takeaways from anyone in chat, uh, post them right now, or we are going to move on uh, to one little quick question before we get to our housekeeping. All right, seeing none. Had one question from Twitter that I want to address before we move on to housekeeping. And uh, the specific question was, why did Gregus' score from Wednesday drop from 11 points to 7 points? And why did it take until Monday for that update to happen? So I have to say for the first part of the question, I don't specifically know why Gregus' points dropped from 11 to 7. Do you guys, did you guys keep look at his score at all? Because I did not. So I don't know why his points specifically dropped. Um, but I can assume it had to do with some sort of, of score, uh, just adjustment that happens at the end of every week. So that's why it didn't take place until Monday. Is because unless it's some sort of, I guess, glaring error from Opta, that's when Ben looks through everything, processes all of the adjustments, and gets it published to the fantasy site for the final score. So sometimes it's uh, looking at film again to decide if somebody did have an assist or if their touch on the ball was enough to make it count for that or just a deflection. Uh, Sometimes it's just for calculating did someone touch the ball from across to have it count or did it bounce off another player. Things like that, those little specific things that I know a lot of us can get pretty heated about sometimes because it, it may seem like they're just just ridiculous small things but it's how opta does what opta does so uh, there's always recalculations and adjustments so that's why it took until monday i can understand the frustration on double game weeks when you would think hey this is wednesday and there's a whole bunch of games before the weekend why was that not addressed it's it's just a schedule we got to remember ben's doing a lot of stuff as well um, besides just running this fantasy game but um, Mike, I saw you looking around. Did you look up anything for Gregus to get an idea for him? No, I mean, Judd, based on the points, I'm, I'm assuming he lost one of the assists. And usually that'll take away three points. Um, usually it'll take away an offensive chance created, and I was trying to see if that made the difference. That would count for a point. Or it um, might have been got, a... Go ahead. 
yeah, clearances are right at three, so he could have had a fourth clearance in that game that got dropped with the Optostats. I mean, you look at those thresholds, I think the CBIs are all about, I think they're all on a four, on every four occurrences is a point in the game. And if you drop below that threshold, that's usually what I look for is when they've got something around a three and go from there. Uh, Ryan Anderson suggesting maybe a sys plus key pass. I, that that seems like it could be for me uh, a key pass, or if it was a cross that got converted yeah, as well. He's, of something he's right like at that. two for the key pass, so that's yeah. what I'm thinking. If he lost the assist, he lost key pass. If it was like bounce off of someone, and that yeah. would account for why you lost three. Yeah, so that that's likely what happened, and some of those things just that's just how it works sometimes. So it's the great because MLS. So that's what that was. But thanks for sending that question in. I wanted to point it out because I know I'm sure others listening, either for the first season that you've joined us or the veterans who may have forgotten or just wanted a chance to rant. Uh, yeah, that's that's why those things happen, and that's why it happens around Monday. So let's move on to our housekeeping. And I'm getting ready to say a line that I have not said many times this season. Double game week teams this week. None. What? That's wrong. You know, actually, to be fair, we always feel, I feel like every season we think this season is so jam-packed with double game weeks. And then I go back and I look at the previous seasons and I'm like, no, it's it's the same. But uh, it's just the concentration of it. But no, you heard it. Of course, it's decision day. No teams are on a double game week this week. That also means who's on a bye? Nobody. Nobody is on a bye this round, which we've not always been able to say for decision day depending on how many teams are in the league but all 24 teams are playing every game starts at four o'clock p.m eastern standard time october 6th that is a sunday so gear up for for that game it's going to be super fun uh, i have a lot of soccer planned for myself i'm going to be uh, calling a women's soccer match for the university i work at that afternoon and then coming home and watching some soccer as well from MLS and seeing how everything pans out. So super fun, 4 o'clock p.m. Be sure you have your team set. Here's the way the playoff picture looks. I know we've already talked about that uh, you don't want to discount teams just because you think they have nothing to play for. They do have something to play for, but that's the main question that we've received this week is who has something to play for. So these are the teams who have clinched a playoff spot. New York City FC, DC United, Real Salt Lake, the New York Red Bulls, New England, nice, congrats, Toronto, LAFC has clinched a spot, has clinched first, has clinched the Supporter Shield, and have like a 58% chance of winning the whole dang thing. So there's, there's that. So yeah, LAFC. Minnesota, looks like that three-year plan worked out. Fantastic. Philadelphia, Atlanta, LA Galaxy, and Seattle. All of these teams have clinched the spot. Uh, I didn't go through all of the minutia back and forth, point jockeying like Blaine was saying. Real Salt Lake could finish as high as second place. But some of these teams are still kind of jockeying around there uh, and, and could finish at various places. But uh, they are all in it. Now, the teams who have been eliminated are Vancouver, Montreal, Houston, Orlando, Chicago, Columbus, Sporting Kansas City, and FC Cincinnati. That leaves four teams. Now, these teams are on the bubble to varying extents. The two teams with the best chance to make it into the playoffs are Portland 
and Dallas. But we've talked about them already. <laughs> I just noticed in chat Ryan's laughing at the three-year plan. Uh, but, hey, it, it is what it is. Um, but Portland and Dallas have the two best chances st statistically over 80% to make it into the playoffs. Right behind them, though, are San Jose, and very far next is Colorado with less than a 1% chance, as we've already talked about. Uh, but, but those are the four teams who still have a shot to make the playoffs. So if you are looking to make a team of players that quote-unquote matter, this week matters to them, then those might be four teams to look at because it, it all comes down to this week for these teams. So um, did we actually go over Colorado's chances when we're recording the podcast or is that in our pre-show? I think it was pre-show, but essentially they have to beat LAFC and get the Dallas and Portland games to go there. Yeah, San Jose has to draw, uh, Dallas has to lose, and then Colorado has to beat Portland, and they have to win by, I believe, two points to get the goal differentials to, to tie, to, or, to make them both tie. Portland can just beat San Jose. Or Portland, Portland can just, just beat San Jose. Right. Then they, it doesn't matter. They can just. Right, mm -hmm. because uh, yeah. if Dallas loses and San and Colorado wins, they all they both are tied for points, and Colorado has has the better record. So, yeah, better next one. So that's that's what the playoff picture looks like. Uh, of course, we still have the Golden Boot battle with Zlatan and and uh, and Vela. So lots of stuff going on right there. Martinez is still listed as injured, but I'm starting to get into Mike's territory right now. So let's get to that housekeeping section, Mike. All right. Uh, well, there were a number of red cards and craziness that all uh, through um, some big injuries. Um, Alejandro Bedoya uh, limped off non-contact injury. Um, I doubt you'll see him. Uh, I hope we'll see if he comes back for the playoffs. Uh, Rooney um, is going to get a yellow card accumulation suspension, and so he's going to miss the match against Cincinnati. Um, Blame. Let's see. What's that? Oh. Uh, Aaron Long uh, tweaked an ankle, apparently, but um, he did play the rest of the match. Just kind of something that was flagged for me. And then were, were there any red cards this, this weekend, Blaine? Do, do you know <laughs> any red cards? Oh, <laughs> hey, yeah, since, you're, since you brought it up that way, okay. um, Roger <laughs> Espinoza got his third red card on the season and passed Hamas and Alave for most MLS red cards all time with 11. That's nuts. Yeah. Was it a straight right. red or was it a two yellows? No, it was straight red. Straight red okay. It was straight red. Um, also in that game, Brian Fernandez of Portland got a straight red. Espinosa got a straight red. And again, Eli Sanchez getting uh, straight reds. Um, let's see. Oh, some other ones from San Jose and Seattle. Uh, Tommy Thompson got a straight red. Ariega got um, a second yellow, so he will miss. Um, one good thing about this week, since there's no double game week, since since last game week, yellow card accumulation warnings don't matter. Just look at red card. It's great. Um, I think that was it. I'm kind of going through just double checking, but I think that was it. Um, obviously, Joseph Martinez won't be back for this week, and. Yeah, I think that's it. Can we just mention, since you said, since we kind of ended on San Jose and, and cards right now, 
What a legend Wando is when he is out for his card, joining the, the supporters there, front row, going crazy. Uh -huh. That's, that is stuff. I agree with, I, I, I forget what it was. I don't know if it was Extra Time Radio or, or something, but build the man a statue. Build that man a statue now. Man. Build him a statue, and I think he's, I, I, I bet he, that kind of energy, I, I bet he'd be, he'll make a great analyst. That could be yeah. fun. Color commentary as soon as he retires. Yeah. I just, I mean, he's been in San Jose so long. I wonder what stock options he had built into his contract so when he retires he can become, he gets a partial ownership stake or something. Because he really does deserve it in San Jose. <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, it's, yeah. No, he is, he is legend. The legend of Wondolowski. So, uh, fantastic. But yeah, that's the, the housekeeping. Thank you so much for that, Mike. Uh, let's move on now to, uh, let me check the chat real quick. Um, guys getting red cards so they can take a game off since they're out of the playoffs. Do you think that's, uh, that's a thing, Mike? Any of these red cards Not just for rest? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah, JoJo, uh, Wando got a red game before, so that's why he was... Yeah. No. Although it was a real bummer, he then got benched at half. Not surprisingly, they also didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, the only guy who would have taken a red just to sit out a game is Ilya, and that's because he's tired of Vermi starting him as a center back, but... <laughs> oh, come but on. But no, that was... <laughs> No, that was a dog. So he was just trying to he was trying to break up the play. So nothing intentional really there. All right. Well, let's move on to round thirty-one player picks. So I know this is what everyone's here for, or at least part of what everyone is here for. So let's talk about who you guys are targeting for for this round. So starting out with keepers, defenders, and clean sheet chances, Blaine. You know, I looked through this one, and I didn't have a single clean sheet chance on this one. I think there's a possibility of goals in every game, and I don't really expect a team to get shut out this week, and that includes Cincinnati at D.C. Uh, they've, been finding way they've been finding ways to score goals, um, whether it be late penalties to salvage one goal and destroy a clean sheet for us or whatever. I mean... They've been finding a way to score goals, so I just I don't see any good clean sheet chances here. Um, so start looking at everything else. I went with value. My budget is still lower than it should be, so I'm going for value picks here and teams that I think have a decent shot at a clean sheet. Um, and so that uh, going with Brian Rowe is my keeper for Orlando. Um, I think if there is a team that may get get shut out on the road at Chicago. Um, I know they've been playing well, but Orlando's defense has been solid, so I'll kind of throw that one out there. And then uh, Jara from D.C. as well. I mean, I say Cincinnati's finding a way to score, but they're one of the few teams I could see getting shut out this week. So we'll go with it. Um, and then I just went with a couple of cheap options in Nick Lima and uh, Martins from Kansas City. They're both 4.7. They're both playing right now. Um, uh, Martins will probably get switched out if I see another starter at the same price point, but I was struggling to find starters under five million. 
So I went with him for now as my safety pick, and I will see who's starting at that point. But I'm going really cheap in the back because I just don't see those clean sheet options, and I want to I want to throw my money up front. Mike. All right. So, um, I mean, I kind of agree with Lane. There's not like an obvious one, but I, I do like the DC game. Um, I mean, it's DC at home. Uh, again, Cincinnati. Uh, and then I also really looked at Atlanta and New England. Um, we talked about teams to play for. Really, at this point, New England doesn't have a whole lot to play for. I mean, they can improve their seating, but they can't get a home game. So I don't know how much they'll be really motivated to, to go on the road in Atlanta um, and put up a hard-fought performance for not a whole lot, unless Bruce Arena just really feels. And honestly, Bruce Arena is kind of one of those coaches like, I don't, this game doesn't matter. I'm not going to push it. So I went with uh, Brad Guzan and back um, and Escobar to make up some defense. And the other thought of there is, I mean, they've been such a good defensive team anyway. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, then I have Burnbaum from DC United. Uh, I do like Blaine's pick um, from Orlando City. Um, I, I kind of toyed with some of their players, but I ended up avoiding it just because I'm kind of terrified of teams that have just been just been eliminated from the playoffs that's a deeply disappointed season i don't know that anyone um in either of those franchises cares what happens to that game so i kind of want to avoid it so i went with coloma um cheap with portland uh and san jose's missing a few players so it's outside shot at a clean sheet so i'll put him on the bench um or as we said earlier because he's cheap uh and then i have ryan's hollingshead um we talked about the two players that said that um, Sporting Kansas City are going to be missing. Um, this isn't as much for the clean sheet as much for the, the offensive capability. Dallas is going to be at home, desperate to to get a win, and you know San Jose is just ready for this nightmare to be over. So uh, I think there's a chance for some goals for Dallas. Yeah, those are some great picks. Uh, love the Hollingshead pick. I've I've relied on him a lot through this year, and I appreciate you finding budget options, Blaine. What is your budget right now? Um, what? Yeah, one nine, one twenty point one. Mike, what about you? One twenty four. Not too bad. I'm twenty four point four. I'm at one twenty six point seven. So, not a, not a lot of difference between between some of us. So that's where we're sitting at. Uh, in case you're wondering how some of these picks are being made, uh, I went with a slightly different option, and uh, Sean has mentioned this in chat and uh, and I actually went with the same way. My back line I have a uh, Hamid as my goal fin goal goalkeeper and then my defender. I got goalkeeper and defender mixed up right there. My goalfender. Uh, <laughs> I went with uh, uh, Briant and Burnbaum. So I, I just went heavy on DC United betting against FC Cincinnati. Uh, Blaine is very correct that one of the favorite things FC Cincinnati has done this season is while we've lost a lot, we have just gotten that random little goal in there. Lots of times it came from Ledesma. Uh, we've seen Cruz putting some of those in, who's by far my favorite player this season on Cincinnati. Cruz has been putting some of those in, um, some random ones here or there from other players. But uh, it could happen. Uh, we will see. It was pointed out in chat that DC United is still trying to hold on maybe to that fourth place spot. Uh, but, but we'll see. They are in the playoffs, so uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's that's where I was looking at right now is, is going heavy on DC United in the back. 
After that, I'm really only looking at one more defender and using that, that fifth spot as, as a switcheroo placeholder. And uh, I think you can just go wherever you want to, wherever your budget is, is going to lead you. You guys have both put out some options. Um, I think Kihi is an option you could look at with, with San Jose, or with, uh, sorry, with Seattle staying at home against Minnesota. Don't know. Depending on Minnesota's his lineup, they're, they're in it now as well. They might want a little bit of rest to make sure they hit the playoffs hard, but you could look at Seattle for sure. Uh, you must, might also look at Red Bulls. I've seen some people in chat mention them as well, and I don't think that that is a bad shout for an away team this week. Uh, Montreal did have a double game week last week. Uh, they've not been amazing at home, they've, they've had a very weird season uh, indeed, so so you have that option. I, I don't think LAFC is a good shout this week. Uh, they have been giving up goals, and Colorado is is just going to go all out. So I, have, I would be shocked if LAFC gets a clean sheet this week, which means they will likely get a clean sheet this week. <laughs> Uh, for sure. So, uh, but no, and it will be kind of weird. The last game of the season, I think Blaine is right. There's definitely the potential for a lot of of goals here, but I do think we will see some clean sheets. So you could definitely do a little bit of hunting, and I think it'll pay off. Let's move on to midfielders now, Mike. Uh, well, we did get a question, Chad. I want. Oh, sorry, to, uh, I missed uh, it. Sean, uh, Sean asked uh, while you were talking, uh, what about Philadelphia defender um, and Blake? You know, the idea that. They have a big game. They're really motivated second, and then NYC doesn't have it. Um, I, I think that was true, and I would have picked um, their defenders if it wasn't for Bedoya being out. Um, Bedoya being out, to me, is a big deal. Uh, and even though New York City doesn't have much to play for, Bedoya hasn't been rotating a whole lot. So I would kind of want to check that lineup if there is a lot of rotation. But, I mean, with such a long layoff, Dome has kind of raised the concern that that's maybe too much of a layoff. So I don't know that he would want to just totally rest everybody. So we'll, I think he'll still put out a pretty competitive lineup, even if someone like Max Morales sits. So that's why I avoided Philadelphia defenders, because I feel like New York City is at least going to get a goal. Really does get a goal. And I do want to yeah, make um, one oh, – let me make one oh. quick correction real, real quick. Uh, JoJo pointed this out. I said switcheroo a second ago with my defender spot, and of course we cannot do switcheroos when everybody plays at four o'clock. What I meant to say was autoroo because you can mm -hmm. still put a, a scrub in your field, and the highest <clears throat> scoring bench player will swap in. So sorry, I just want to make that real quick before any more time went by. Maybe maybe clear up confusion. Blake. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna follow up with the New York City thing, even if they do rotate. You've got a lot of guys out here. I know we've talked about Tati and Abair, but Matriza has looked really good. Medina's looked good on his few starts. His average has been hurt in fantasy because of just rotation. Uh, Tajori Shradi's coming back. I mean, you've got a lot of guys here who have some offensive power coming in, and they're all needing to prove themselves. I mean, this is a lineup that's kind of stacked. And everybody is fighting for playing time and trying to prove that they can, that they deserve to stay on this team next year or whatever, fighting for trades. I mean, this is a chance for guys to showcase themselves and earn more playing time. Um, I, the way Philly's been playing lately, um, I think any one of those guys, no matter who starts, is a good option going forward to consider. And if it is a bunch of the rotated guys, I mean, Tajori Shradi's only 6.3. I mean, he's, 
he'd definitely be worth an auto spot on the bench if he's starting up top. I mean, Mike may not agree with me, but I've just I'm seeing any anybody who gets thrown out there kind of playing well at this season. So, kind of, I can't. I, mean, I won't bank on. If Max Morales starts, I mean, if Max Morales starts, then I think all of their if if one of those guys like Medina or Tajuri start. But I, yeah, it's an auto rug. Yeah, yeah, and so I just I I can't justify say, uh, saying take a Philly defender because I just see too much too many weapons. It's kind of like Houston's been in the past. No matter who they throw out there, there's a good chance of one of them scoring. I just I wouldn't trust Philly defenders at all this week. And for me, it just comes down to I think there are a few teams with a better shot. Um, I I think you have some offensive potential there with with FC Dallas or maybe even at, at New England. Uh, and an, I I like DC's shot at at a clean sheet, so I'm going in heavy with DC. And Blaine did show they have some some budget options. So uh, before going to Philly, I mean there there's some other people I'm looking at more, um, but I mean uh, yeah, no, that's what it comes down to. There's some teams I like more. But let's move on to midfielders though, uh, so we get all that covered. So Mike, who are you looking at for midfield? All right, so right now I have Diego Valera. We'll see if we get more information about why he started, but I'm assuming that in must-win game, he's going to absolutely have to play. Um, and with San Jose missing, um, you know, Tommy Thompson, um, and I think without Fernandez and just being able to play to a Bobasi, I think that'll actually be good for the player. Uh, I have Pozuelo. Uh, Toronto's trying to solidify. Uh, well, I, I guess I guess they're still in the fight for a home match. Just double checking. Yeah, they're still in the fight for the home match. Uh, they're playing against Columbus. I know Columbus has been doing well, uh, but I think Toronto is really a team that I like this week because they're a team that needs to get it back together. Like they need a good performance just to build confidence going to playoff, especially after that heartbreaking loss to to Montreal. That's a big blow to that franchise. They really pride themselves on winning the Voyagers Cup. So I, I have Pozuelo. Also have Barrios again. Sporting Kansas City missing a bunch of players. Dallas absolutely needing it. Um, I like Barrios. Paxton Homicle just hasn't been producing as much recently with his coming off an injury. So I, I chose Barrios, and then I have Paul Ariola. Again, I'm picking heavy against DC against FC Cincinnati. Um, this is not the last DC pick I have this week, um, and. If you look, Lucho Acosta has been terrible. He's been coming on the bench. Um, his value as, you know, both in fantasy and otherwise, has been absolutely ruined by the second half of the season. Um, and so really, Paul Oriola, I like because he's going to get up front. He's going to get near goal. And so I think he'll get some chances. And at 7.6 against Cincinnati, I'm willing to bet that he'll bang one of those in. So I'll point out what actually, I'll point this out later. Blaine, your turn. Yeah, um, Ariola was one of those first guys in my lineup for the same reasons Mike said. Um, I didn't realize Rooney was out, but I just like the way he plays, and I think he matches up really well against FC Cincinnati. Um, I'm going with a little different route this week um, than Mike, um, and I'm just having some fun with it. I like Pozuelo against Columbus. Um, I know I said they've been pretty good lately, but they've been giving up goals throughout that uh, good run. I wouldn't look for a win here for Columbus but or even for TFC, but I think Pozuelo is going to get some good points this week. Um, 
Uh, I'm going to get. I'm going with Pavone this week. Uh, he's been hot lately. It's on the road. Houston's so-so at home on defense. It kind of hit or miss. And I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna hope that LA goes in full bore and tries to solidify one of those playoff spots. I think what what's going on in the standings here. Um, let me pull the tab up. Um, I think they can go. Yeah, they can go as high as um, second place with a win. Um, and a draw between Minnesota and Seattle ahead of them. So, I mean, they could easily lock up third place right here as well. Um, and so they really need to get the win on this game. And so I think they're going to go at it. Um, and then uh, yeah, I kind of picked it with the back line, but I'm going Nani against Chicago. I think he's going to try to make an impression on his final week this of the season. And just I've got that gut feeling, and it wouldn't be a season for me if I didn't have Piatti on my team at least once. I'm going to throw <laughs> Piatti on the bench against New York um, at home. It's just he's 8.3. We've seen what he can do in the past. It just it wouldn't be a season for me if I didn't have him in my lineup at least once. So maybe I'm being a little too sentimental here, but I really do think he's a quality pick for the way the two teams have been playing lately. And I think if if Montreal gets it all put together, they can tear up Red Bulls this week. Interesting motivation for that pick right there. Um, <laughs> but hey, I so respect the heck out of that. that Just do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Uh, so I see exactly where you guys are coming from when it comes to FC Cincinnati. But I want to read a quote for you right now from Bobby Warshaw in, in his little recap article that uh, in a stretch of games, so uh, Cincinnati, uh, poetic isn't the word, but you get the idea. FC Cincinnati simultaneously giving up a goal that put them over the top for most goals conceded in a single season in league history. Look at that, everybody. Broke a record, y'all. First season. Sorry. Um, in a stretch of games in which they only conceded twice in four matches. So... Betting against Cincinnati is not something that I think is inappropriate to do or has been inappropriate to do at all this season. I will say that they've gotten it together a little bit more on their defense, at least this past stretch of four games. So just throwing it out there for everyone listening, thinking that's a good idea. I'm going to go in with, with an Ariola or some DC offense. This is again, why I leaned heavily towards DC defense is because I was like, well, you know what? Um, maybe it's a one, one, maybe Ariola gets, gets the goal and it's, and it's all good. But, uh, but we could see that's, that's why I went defense. So I'm just throwing that out there for people. Can to I, can I throw something back at you? Sure. Sure. Uh, those four games that you're talking about were Montreal, uh, Atlanta, Chicago, and Orlando. So three of those teams, three of the worst offenses uh, in the league. Well, well, no. Let's let's. So Atlanta, not one of the worst offenses in the league. No, they, it, they didn't have a good game against Atlanta. Orlando, which has they done lost to- Orlando, which has done better recently. Not offensively. They've been they've been getting some goals. Recently. They have Dom Dwyer as their striker. They cannot score. <laughs> <laughs> if they could score, they would be in the playoffs. They um, they do have Dom Dwyer, who's gotten two goals, who's gotten two goals and an assist in his last three games. So, which does include the FC Cincinnati game as well. He got two goals before that. So Orlando's been coming back a little bit at the end of the season. And then you said Montreal, which I'll give you. And what was the other one? <laughs> 
Uh, Chicago. Chicago, who also has had a fairly decent run here at the end of the season. Uh, but FC Cincinnati remains unbeaten against Chicago. So, um, But no, your point is not lost. But I think that's also important to say that under the new coach at Cincinnati, there has been more focus on defense. So I'll just throw it out there. Nothing against Ariola as well. You guys have put some great, thrown some great picks out there. I love the Nani pick as well uh, without just some other ones to consider without Mart- without Martinez there. You might look at Penny Martinez instead of Joseph. Um, if you don't like Valeri or worried about that, you can look at Blanco as well. He's done well over these last couple of games as Valeri's not done well. Uh, of course, if you don't want Pity, you can also look at, at Gressel. Very, very similar there. And we mentioned uh, Columbus. Santos has been doing fantastic this mm. season. So if you do think that there will be something left for Columbus, Santos is a good a good bet. Uh, I don't think anybody mentioned Atuesta, did they? Did anybody mention Atuesta? I did not. I mean, he's one that could, could do something against Colorado. Or I believe, uh, is it Price? At Colorado in in the midfield, yes, he's been doing pretty well with some some playmaking. Definitely not on the same level as as some of these elite players. But if you're looking for Colorado coverage, trying to get some of those players in, he is someone in the midfield that you could try to work in. And of course, I think we got to look at, at at Erickson as some of these players who are are on this final decision day really have something to play for. Love your Pavone pick as well, Blaine. He's not just been doing pretty well. Like, he's been tearing it up over, like, the past five or six weeks, I think, with this season. So he's been putting up some monster scores for sure. So uh, let's check chat real quick before we move yeah, on to Ryan, the forward section. Ryan just said um, Revolution has the worst expected goal differential in the league in the past two months. And it asked if we're, anybody was considering Atlanta. The only problem I have with that is, is I think it, we saw it play out last week during the double game week. Is without Joseph Martinez, everything sort of starts to shuffle around. Like, is it going to be Pity who's scoring? Is it going to be Viable who's going to get the ball? Is it going to be Gressel who's going to get something going in there? So I, I, I don't think it's it's wrong to think, hey, I like Atlanta. I'm going to lean on Atlanta against against New England, especially if they do rest a little bit with Bruce Arena going into the playoffs. But I think you have a much more murky picture with Atlanta as who is that go-to person going to be. I mean, I'd be comfortable with with Pity being the one. That's why I have Pity on my team right now. I'd be comfortable with Pity as someone who would be more of a focus or at least a playmaker. Um, but but I do think there is some of that just just fog. Yeah, and you look at it. I mean, their last two games. Gressel got a goal and got nine points, and Pity got a goal and got eight points. Uh, your next two highest scores to that are Miram and Hindman, both with six. Uh, Hindman got an assist, so you take that away there. I mean, Miram's the only one putting up pretty consistent bonus points. And you're kind of goal was a PK. Yeah. Okay. Even yeah. I mean, you're kind of hit and miss. It's like who's going to get it? Yep. I think Atlanta's got the offensive firepower to go put up goals this week. But who's going to get those goals? Where are those points going to come from? And that's a lot harder to determine. I don't think Vasquez has looked that great. I haven't gotten to watch too much of it, but he's... I mean, if you expect him to be the replacement for Martinez and get in positions for goals, you'd think he'd be receiving a little bit more. But he doesn't seem to be getting getting the same shots. It's coming from other players. So it's just kind of a hit or miss. And 
I just you can't trust it now. Maybe an Otteru candidate. I know Miram's been hovering around that six point five mark. He may be worth snagging for a bonus point production if he's going to start on the wing. But you're looking at more of an Otteru candidate if you're looking at um, Atlanta players this week. And uh, let's move on. Let's see. Was there anything else in chat? Sorry, before I don't want to miss anything. Uh, oh yeah, JoJo made a made a great call. Uh, Atunia with with LA could be a great value pick mm-hmm. as well. Uh, let's yeah, move. I mean, LAFC does have the. We, I don't think we mentioned this, but LAFC does have on the line getting the best ever points records. For um, sure. I think with yeah. that with Vela um, still being in the Golden Boot, and that's probably our segue into forward. Exactly, forwards. <laughs> and the first big question is: Do you play Vela this week? Will he play ninety even if he starts? Uh, let's start with you, Blaine. Well, I want to go with my other forward pick first. Um, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Quincy Ameriqua, 4.0. I, I mean... Lynn and I are on the same way. Yeah. I don't have class. Uh, yeah, 4.0 this week, playing against FC Cincinnati. Um, now that now that we know Rooney's out with the yellow card accumulation, uh, Ola Kamara hasn't been seen for about four weeks now. I think he's got an injury. Um, so who's their next forward it's quincy ameriqua so throw him in the lineup 4.0 i mean yeah he's on my bench right now i can't start a 4.0 guy with a guy like piotti and Ariola out there <laughs> i can't put him ahead of one of those guys but i mean it's quincy if he's gonna start he's gonna be in the lineup so uh let's do it and then yeah you go with both of the golden boot race guys at this point um I, there's a lot of pride on the line zlatan's not gonna give up easy on this one he is gonna go for it I think if he if he he'll be checking the scores at halftime. If he sees Vela's three goals ahead of him, he's going to try to put together a second half hat trick just to go get the record. I mean, you know that's coming from him. He's going to be pushing for it, and honestly, he's probably going to have his team psyched up just to just to feed him the ball to see if he can get the record. Because I don't think anybody wants to go back into that locker room and have him find out Vela's got the got the golden boot and he didn't. So I, I think he's going to be pushing for it. And then I think Vela's got the pride on the line. Just can he take the golden boot away? Can he can he run away with it and beat Zlatan for the record? I just think it's going to be a lot of fun in L.A. I mean, it's kings of L.A. Go with both of them. I could see multiple goals from each player this week. Mike. All right. So there's some similarities playing and some different. I have Ola Kamara on my bench. Ola Kamara was supposed to come back from a hamstring injury. Uh, this weekend, but he didn't make it, so it's something to watch. But I, I, I do like the idea of having one of the DC United strikers. If it was Rooney, I'd have him. Uh, right now, I think it's going to be Ola Kamara, so I'm really willing to have him on there. Um, he's been really good for DC when he's been on the field. Um, I do not have Zlatan. Um, it, the game is going to be at 3 o'clock Houston time. Um, I know I don't live in Houston, but I live close enough. It is really hot. <laughs> it is really hot. And Zlatan has nothing to play for other than to get a hat trick. I, I know he's very competitive, but you know what? I don't see him carrying in an empty BBVA Compass Stadium in a super hot Oh, man. <laughs> Getting a dig I'm, in there at the same time. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, and, you know, so... I went with Josie Altidore. Josie Altidore has been really, really good. TFC has been struggling when he's on the field. He's been banging in goals. Um, if he had been healthy for more of the season and hadn't missed as much international time, 
uh, I think he'd be much more um, in, in our mindset as one of the top forwards in the game. Uh, and then I have Carlos Vela. Um, you know, I think they're going to play to try to get to make sure that they get the greatest um, or the highest points record. Uh, he is one goal away from getting the highest goal scored record. So I don't know if he plays 90 this week. I, I can certainly see him if they if they're up like two nothing uh, at halftime and he's banging in a goal. Maybe they take him off. But honestly, and this is kind of something we haven't talked about. LAFC has not played well these last few years. I kind of see them going all out, really kind of making a statement before they get into the playoffs um, because they look really, really well. Um, you know, it's kind of like uh, in the Hunger Games. Remember the first one when Katniss goes over to Peter? Like, you need to throw that rock because they're looking at you like you're a snack. <laughs> Everyone nice. is looking at LAFC nice. like they're a snack. Um, nice. Everyone thinks they can go in and be. I mean, they couldn't beat at Minnesota. They've had a bunch of bad results. Their only win, I think, in September has been beating Houston, which who cares? I don't know why I'm just banging on Houston. I don't know either. I love, I love the people of Houston. I, you know, you have crawfish, even though it's not as good as them. I appreciate you trying to simulate the culture. What's happening? Um, so, uh, yeah, I have Vela. Um, I think they go all out and try to close uh, this great season. Mm hmm. It's, it's like we'll have to rename this episode, a.k.a. Mike Hates Houston. What is going on? Uh, you guys have thrown out some really good ones. Atlanta. I hate Atlanta. Okay, okay. Josie's a great option to throw out there. Uh, Quincy is off the wall, but I love Quincy, so um, I, can't, I can't doubt you for that. But uh, I hate my forward options right now, and it's still a position that's still in, in flux. But, uh, I mean, I've got Vela, first person on my team. I, I think he's... To answer the question, uh, I I think that Vela is going to play this week. I would not be surprised if he goes for for the whole time um, because they've they've secured everything so far. So I, I would not be surprised to see Vela go as long as there's no chance of him getting hurt or if anything's going crazy to, to pull him with that. Uh, I also have Kamara and Wondolowski right now on my bench as options just because we know what's on the line. For Kamara in Colorado, we know what's on the line for San Jose and Wando. Those guys have so much to play for, and those are guys who have, have performed. And it, it means so much to them. It's not just, hey, this guy has a lot to play for, and it's like, okay, whatever, that, that guy doesn't care. Like, these guys care. It's it's that's mm -hmm. passion that, like, we know that will drive them. If you, like, after seeing Wando and what he did as a fan at the game, if you were going to tell me and say that Wanda was not going to give everything he has in this game to do anything he can to make his team win, then I would say you clearly have never watched a game of, of soccer in your life because that is that is not Chris Wondolowski. So they've got a lot. That being said, like I like the history of players like Josie, when he's connecting with Pozuelo, who got an assist last week, who's not been doing as well, but he does have that potential. I like what you say about LAFC wanting to be that rock throw moment because I, I can see that. I can see that being like, let's finish strong. Let's show them what we're made of going into the season. I could see that. Um, but those are two cheaper options. So if you're looking at going heavy in the midfield, still fielding Vela, those are a couple of guys you can put. If you're looking at having bunch of guys on your bench if you don't want to have anybody on your bench you could probably easily field a bunch of these guys just straight up into the field and go for it but uh 
if I make any changes, that's where I'm going to be looking at first for me. But I think those are two other players to consider for sure this week since they do have so much on the line. Maybe even Andrasik. I mean, he's with Dallas. He's not been as consistent, but that's another super budget player. But I wouldn't put him above any of the names that we've mentioned so far. Uh, let's go to chat. What do you guys uh, What do you guys think about uh, forwards? Let's see here. I, I missed some of the conversations. You guys catch that uh, versus RSL talking about. Uh, we're talking. You guys are talking about midfielders still. What's going on there? That's not where we're at. Okay, let's move on to captain picks. So, who do you like, Mike? Um, it's been the theme of the year. I'm just gonna stick with it. AC. Blaine. Yeah, I've got it on Vela. He wins the tiebreaker with Laton with the home game. And I am the same way. That's why I got Vela because he is going to be my captain this week uh, for that final game. So yeah, finishing up the season with ACV. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, if you're not thinking about captaining Vela, send us a message on Twitter because I'd love to know why. Uh, and I it's just I would love to not not because I want to make fun of you or anything. I just I'd love to know what your reasoning is for not going with Vela. This okay, week. so let's change it up, Reed. If Vela doesn't start for whatever reason because they've locked it up, who do you go with? Zlatan. And Mike, because you said you didn't even have Zlatan in your lineup. If Vela doesn't start, I'd add him in. I don't have Zlatan either. Like, if he doesn't start, then okay. I'd get him. Yeah. I mean, that's if Vela doesn't start, you, you get somebody else. It's not a, well, if he doesn't yeah. start, I'll still keep him a captain for the last maybe 20 minutes he might come in. It's no, no, no. no. Okay. Yeah. You Um. Well, we have to kind of see what the other craziness of the line just off. I mean, looking at my team, could go Valeri. Okay. Uh, I'm Zlatan on the backup for that. Just. I mean, my, my problem with Portland is I know what you're saying, and I and I understand about what you're saying with with the motivation for for Portland Valeri, but that just it just hasn't been there. Like, I mean, where's mm-hmm. uh, have you waited until the last season, the last game, to be like, well, all right, here it is, let's let's do this. It just hasn't been there, and so that's that's why I would hesitate for Valeri. All right, well... Yeah, I mean, that's uh, what I'm saying. Like, generally, I'm going to have to look and see. I mean, depending on who, who what, what other craziness we see. Something, yeah. You know, to do a captain thing. For sure. All right, well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to us. Thank you for joining us with live chat. We're going to hang around for a few minutes afterwards to, to keep up this chat and answer any final questions. But as far as the podcast goes, that is it. Let's get to plugs. Blaine. Yeah, um, I know he's been in and out of here. Sean and I are working on a little side project right now. Uh, no real details to share. You guys will probably hear something in the future. But, Ooh. yeah, Sean and I are doing something a little extra on the side, and we hope to bring you something, some news before or by next season. Mm, I, bet it's, I bet it's draft. Mike? Uh, I'm just, since this is our last picks episode of the year, I'm just going to give it to uh, my wife who does a lot of extra work to kind of enable me to do these on Monday nights. Uh, it's, it's great that all the, all the stuff that she does that I can be here and be with y'all. So just shout out for being amazing and taking care of kids. Oh, uh, and of course for me, you can find everything over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. as always. Also, please check out our slash fantasy MLS. If you have not to get part of that community, uh, and if we're talking about communities, head over to the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord. 
chat, a lot of people who hang out in live chat. I know a lot of you who listen to us on the podcast hang out there. It's it's a fantastic community. I might even say the best fantasy community to be a part of. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, that, wild lily. that is a wild lily has appeared on the podcast. But no, no, join, check out the Discord chat. Look at all the articles. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for being a part of this fantasy season with us. Uh, this year, uh, we have one more episode after this where we will be breaking things down. So I want to get your feedback for that. But uh, I can't thank you enough. And if you didn't catch the tweet, the first round of Patreon swag has been shipped. I'm so sorry for the delay in getting it out there. But the Patreon stuff is on its way. First round, it's going to start. My goal is to finish up by this week, if not uh, early next week. So thank you so much again, and good luck. <laughs>